0: Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello humans, it's your host, Corey, and today I want to talk about rest. Right now, there are many, many, many tired people in the world. I am one of them. (laughs) The pandemic really has brought the exhaustion out in all of us, either because our jobs or our lives have undergone major shifts and trying to accommodate this new normal has left us depleted, or maybe because we're grieving. Whatever the cause, we're just tired. And even once the pandemic becomes a distant memory, because someday that will be true, We will still encounter moments in our life when we need to rest, tis the human condition. But there are many kinds of rest that a person needs in order to feel like a well-cared-for human. There's physical rest, of course, but there's also mental and emotional rest, and creative rest. Pretty much a rest for every pillar, and we only feel great and fully functional when we're able to balance these kinds of rest, when we're able to be fully rested in all of these ways. Personally, I really struggle with rest. Part of my problem is that I inherited some negative storylines around rest, taking breaks. Anytime my father would catch me lying around unless I had a book, which is probably why I ended up becoming such a bookworm just so I could get, you know, five freaking minutes of (laughs) peace. Otherwise he would get on to me about being lazy and he'd make me clean out the car or the garage or something. And he himself was always going, going, going. So clearly he was a pretty restless person himself. And restlessness is a common reaction to unprocessed emotions and trauma. Many of us distract ourselves from our emotions, from our darker thoughts by staying busy. And it's not necessarily a bad tactic to keep yourself busy if it's gonna prevent you from dwelling or obsessing on the negative, which could also be unhealthy. But again, balance is essential. We might also struggle with rest if we come from dangerous or unsafe environments where it was necessary to develop a hypervigilance in order to stay alive, stay safe. There's the expression to sleep with one eye open, and many of us did have to live like that at some point in our lives. And sleeping with one eye open makes us feel like rest isn't an option. In those situations, full relaxation is a liability. It's not a need to be met. There are also those of us who are still struggling with rest because we're triggered by peace, which can come up whenever we try to rest. Peace in our minds and our emotions or in our environments can freak us out if we're not used to it. And you can revisit episode 12, which is where I talked about what to do when we're triggered by peace. How to become more and more comfortable with peace in our lives. There's also the very real possibility that you're in too much pain to rest. Right now, I happen to have some back pain and I just cannot get comfortable. It's really hard for me to find a position that I can sit in without throbbing pain in my back. And when we're in pain, that can be true. It doesn't matter if it's literal pain or metaphoric pain. If your pain is emotional or mental, rest can still be uncomfortable. Often when we stop running from ourselves, even after we escape our trauma situations, unresolved emotions and thoughts can come rushing in. And to get away from those, to escape that pain, we'll do just about anything to distract ourselves. For my mom, that was drinking and pill-popping, and for her brother, that was heroin. And for me and my father, workaholism, the options are endless. All of these examples are just personal triggers. We haven't even touched on the cultural or worldwide narratives that we are programmed to believe about how productivity and success and striving are what makes a person worthy. They're all good, positive qualities and pretty much the only way to live. And if anyone isn't running themselves into the ground, building a bigger, better life, than a rotten sack of potatoes. So wherever your fears might be coming from, whether they're personal or cultural, and it's very possible that it's coming from multiple places, we're still left with this feeling of unease about ease. Many of us just do not know how to rest. So we're running around trying to do everything half-cocked on an empty tank, and we don't understand why everything is so hard, so much harder than it has to be, and why we're tired all the time. And like I said, most people think of rest as physical rest, but actually all kinds of rest require our equal attention, so not just the physical rest. Kicking back, putting our feet up, drinking a nice beverage, eyes closed, preferably on a beach, listening to the sound of crashing waves. That's the iconic image of rest. But even after resting, my body, I was still tired. I was tired in my head and in my heart and in my spirit. And it took me a minute to realize that I needed mental rest, emotional rest, creative rest too. Mental rest is essential because, frankly, I think too much. I'm always working through a problem. I'm processing something. I'm rehearsing or planning something. I have endless to-do lists. And anybody who has done meditation for two minutes, you know that the mind is always going. The mind flits from here to there. It's just wild. There is no... Turning the mind off, it's impossible. So, taking a mental rest, giving ourselves a mental break, is not about turning the brain off, it's about shifting the focus and the energy to ease some of that tension. So, for me, I try to break up periods of concentration and focus, which might feel very pointed or heavy, with something more open and spacious and light. Taking a walk is a good mental break. Getting out into nature, out of my head and back into my body. Anything that could be considered a grounding exercise, that would be a good mental break. Practicing gratitude is a good mental counterbalance, especially if I've been hyper-focused on a problem or an issue. Adding some positive counterweight does help me. Listening to music, dancing, doing something creative like doodling or baking or cooking. Aromatherapy is a good mental break. An emotional one, too, because certain scents have the ability to change how we feel, to affect how we feel. I like very citrusy scents, for example, like sweet orange and lemon and bergamot. And those always give me a lifted, energetic feeling, kind of a brightening up of the mind. And just doing something different than what I was doing, a.k.a. thinking too much. Anything to shift my attention or to bring my attention back to my body if it keeps returning to a problem or trying to work on it. I could even use a firm affirmation like we're not going to work on this right now or there is no need to rush, everything will get done if I become obsessed about how much time I'm spending on something. But it's not just enough to know what things help me feel replenished mentally. It's also about knowing what not to do. So for example, too much time on the internet usually speeds up my mind. It depletes me more than it restores me. So I have to be really careful about how much time i'm losing down those rabbit holes and it's going to be different for everyone what helps you what energizes you and what depletes you that'll be unique to you and your interest and your personality so it will certainly be trial and error for all of us to figure out what gives us energy and what depletes us Circling back to body rest, there's getting enough sleep, of course, but there's also napping and yoga and intentional movement, stretching. Anything you can do to, again, restore balance, whatever you've been doing too much of that caused your exhaustion, do the opposite. If you've been inside too much, go outside. If you've been lying down too much, get up and clean something or take a shower. If you've been all cramped and hunched over the computer and you feel stiff, then move and stretch. Try to build a little bit of exertion into your day. As for emotional rest, we might require some time away from certain people, for example. People can be exhausting. Some people are more exhausting than other people, and emotional rest might be distancing yourself from those people or situations that exhaust you until your energy levels improve. There's also the possibility that you're an extrovert, which is weird, but I hear that you guys are existing out there. So you might actually get your recharge by being around people. So go be with your people in the world in order to give yourself that emotional recharge and sometimes emotional rest means addressing isolation and loneliness or being around other loving kind fun people to do that and also we can give ourselves more emotional space and more emotional room if we're clearing out some of that baggage kind of what I talked about in episode 19 with the shadow work if you're doing a lot of work to resolve your trauma you're probably going to need a break from that from doing the hard work. So just again, thinking about balance, thinking about how you're spending your time, and if you're going too hard on something, ease up for a little bit. Resolving trauma is a marathon. It is not a sprint. So pace yourself. And then the fourth kind of rest, creative rest, or we might call this spiritual rest if you want, is something that I have to get really familiar with because it's an integral part of my day-to-day experience. I move vast amounts of creative energy every day through my mind, <laughs> through my being. And if I'm not regularly replenishing myself, then I hit a wall and I hit it hard. And creative rest for me, just me personally, usually comes down to novelty. Am I consuming enough new stories, new ideas, new experiences that I can replenish the well, as I say? And the image here, if you're not familiar with the concept of the creative well, The image here is a well, one of those old timey holes in the ground full of water that people used to get their (laughs) waters from. So they throw their buckets down into the well and pull up water. Well, creatives, they keep throwing their buckets down into the well to pull up water, the water being new stories or songs or art or whatever we're trying to manifest into this world. But if we're not replenishing the well, if we use all the water and not put anything back in there, meaning input, meaning consuming other stories, other ideas, other experiences, then there's going to come a moment when we throw our buckets down into the well and we hit mud. Nothing comes up. And I have hit this mud quite a few times, and the experience of creative burnout is awful. Zero out of ten, do not recommend. And I am someone who has to express myself creatively almost every day or I don't feel well. I don't feel well cared for. In fact, I start to question exactly why I am alive. So it's not a good place for me. So I have to be very mindful that I can keep that well full, that I can keep that energy going. Because when my mood really tanks, one of the first things that Kim, Kim my wife, will ask me is, babe, when is the last time you wrote something? Do you want to paint? Should we bake cookies? Because she knows just how quickly I can devolve if that creative energy isn't available to me. So those are the four kinds of rest, and how do you know when you need to rest? Well, sometimes the body can give us signals. I have friends who swear that they only get sick when they needed a break. And maybe you're like that or you know someone who's like that. I could also argue that this back pain I've got right now is my body's request for some downtime, and it certainly feels like it. And yes, sometimes your body can just quit on you. When it feels like you need a break, it will just take it, (laughs) whether you want to take it or not. And mentally, you might feel like there's a slump in your emotions, a sadness or a depression. My depression tends to exert itself and make itself known when I need a mental break or when I need emotional breaks. In those instances, I don't feel like I have much of a choice. Depression rears its head, it overwhelms me, and well, we're taking a break now because I am too physically and mentally depleted to do anything else right now. Also, any kind of feeling of boredom, listlessness, disengagement from your life might be gentle nudges that you need a break. Again, this is gonna be different for everyone, but you will get some signals from your spirit, your body, your mind that you need a break. And it's just gonna take some time to develop enough sensitivity to notice when you're getting those messages. So that way you can schedule a break rather than just hitting a wall at full speed, which is what I usually do. Uh, That's not ideal. So if you can get better at getting those heads up messages, you can ease into them a little bit more calmly. And then having the courage to listen to those messages despite any fears or resistance that might be coming up for you. Because you might encounter really strong fear-based resistance when you think of taking a break. To this day, when I get the signal that I need a break, if I'm lucky enough to notice that I've gotten the signal, immediately I will get intrusive thoughts like, Oh my gosh, we can't take a break now. I'll lose money. Terrible things will happen. I won't succeed. I'm just being lazy. Of course I can do more. I can keep going. And that's just my fear talking. Those thoughts and assessments are not rational or based in reality whatsoever. It's just what my mind is telling me because I have this fear of taking a break and what might happen to me if I take a break, if I stop moving, like if I'm a shark and I stop swimming, I'm just gonna die, a little dramatic. But the fact is is that when we take breaks, we're actually more productive. There's scientific evidence that proves that, that we can do more, that we can go farther when we feel better. Taking a rest, filling ourselves up, is essentially like stopping to put gas in the car. If you refuse to put gas in your car, if you refuse to rest, you will crash and burn. That's why it's called burnout. But if you stop and get gas whenever you're low, you can keep driving. Possibly forever. I guess it depends on your engine. We're all different. Everyone's got a different engine, and I don't want to go too far with that metaphor, but you still need gas to keep going. That's true for every engine. And I read a wonderful book that makes a strong argument for all the benefits that we get by building rest into our lives. It's called Time Off, A Practical Guide to Building Your Rest Ethic and Finding Success Without Stress. And we both know I picked this up because it had the word success without stress in the title. But that was smart. It was a good way to draw in the workaholics who have zero interest in a rest (laughs) ethic. But that said, they did totally sell me on the idea. And now I am very pro-rest ethic, even though I don't always utilize that skill very well. It's something I'm still working on. So again, I'll include the title for that in the show notes if you want to check it out. And I'll also end with this journal activity to help you start thinking about your four kinds of rest. So you'll need to get a piece of paper and draw a cross on the page, a line down the middle from the top to bottom and a line across the middle from side to side. And then what you should be looking at are four quadrants, four squares. And you can label each of these squares, these boxes, physical rest, emotional rest, mental rest, and then the fourth one can be spiritual or creative rest. So now in each of the boxes, write down the ways you currently work to rest. Like what do you do to rest physically? Do you get enough sleep? Do you take naps? Do you go for walks? Do you do yoga? Like what do you do to rest your body? Then move on to emotional rest. Do you take a lot of breaks? for alone time when you need it? Or do you take breaks from your dramatic toxic friend? Or maybe you watch uplifting inspirational movies? Or maybe you listen to upbeat music? What do you do to comfort your emotions? And then under mental rest, maybe you give yourself a five-minute Sudoku break every hour or so. Or maybe you walk away at a certain time. You have a good boundary around work, like you will not work after six. And then you also don't think about work. Take a nice break from problem solving maybe you turn your attention to something else or you do anything else that's fun or interesting or engaging that doesn't have to do with your work or your responsibilities and then for creative rest or spiritual rest do you doodle do you try new restaurants do you browse libraries or bookstores what do you do to restore that feeling of creativity and spirituality in your life Put whatever you want in all these four quadrants. I'm sure you can come up with far better examples than I did. So just make your lists and then see what you're working with. And if you've got one or two or three empty quadrants, do not berate yourself. This is an opportunity for improvement and connecting with balance. This is not an invitation to be mean to yourself. You can just look at this list and get a good sense of your understanding of rest, how you apply rest in your life, and you can look for more ways to build rest into your day. And if you have plenty of space in your quadrants, you could add things that you would like to try or things you think might help. You can brainstorm, get some ideas of how, how would I like to take more mental breaks? What would my mental breaks look like? What would more emotional breaks look like? What more creative things could I try? The objective here is to just find a way to rest in all four ways. However much you need to and to build in those activities and routines and make more room where you can. It's not an all or nothing. Even if you only do one or two things in each area, that would be more than enough. There's no competition here. No, I'm going to rest better than anyone's ever rested in the world. (laughs) You don't need to do that. Just being aware of how you can take care of yourself and balance out rest in this way, that is more than good enough. Okay, so that's it for this episode, and as always, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you found something of value in today's episode, and I will be back next week. But until then, please take good care of yourself. This episode of A Well-Cared-For-Human was written and produced by me, Cory Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.